Please rise as we read from the life of Christ in the Gospel according to St. Luke in the 7th and 8th chapters. One of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him, and he went into the Pharisee's house and reclined at the table. And behold, a woman of the city who was a sinner, when she learned that he was reclining at table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of ointment. And standing behind him at his feet, weeping, she began to wet his feet with her tears, and wiped them with the hair of her head, and kissed his feet, and anointed them with the ointment. Now when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he said to himself, If this man were a prophet, he would have known who and what sort of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answering said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. And he answered, Say it, teacher. A certain money lender had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other 50. When they could not pay, he canceled the debt of both. Now, which of them will love him more? Simon answered, The one, I suppose, for whom he canceled the larger debt. And he said to him, You have judged rightly. Then turning toward the woman, he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house, and you gave me no water for my feet. But she has wet my feet with her tears and wiped them with her hair. You gave me no kiss, but from the time I came in, she has not ceased to kiss my feet. You did not anoint my head with oil, but she has anointed my feet with ointment. Therefore I tell you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But he who is forgiven little loves little. And he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. Then those who were at table with him began saying to say among themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? And he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Soon afterward, he went on through the cities and villages, proclaiming and bringing the good news of the kingdom of God. And the twelve were with him, and also some women who had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, from whom seven demons had gone out, and Joanna, the wife of Cusa, Herod's household manager, and Susanna, and many others who provided for them out of their means. This is the gospel of the Lord. I suppose if there's one thing at the root of everything in our lives that we want, especially in our faith journey, is to know that God is with us and that he's watching out for us. We want to have a good relationship with God. And I think maybe what that means is that no matter what, God sees us as acceptable to him. And so that's the goal. And I I don't care whether we're talking about Christianity or any other religion and whatever the other religion's view of God is. In every one of those, they want to be acceptable to that God or to that standard. I mean, that's just basic. And so for us as Christians, we want to be acceptable to God. But the issue comes up, how does that happen? What makes that happen? And there's this struggle 
between the part of us that, that says, I need to make that happen, and trying to overcome that with God needs to make that happen. It's the difference between law and gospel. And our inclination, our tendency is always to figure out what I need to do. Isn't it? It's what can I do to balance off the stuff I did that was wrong? And can I get enough good things to offset that and maybe get a little extra in the bank? Okay? And that's our tendency. That's our inclination. That I just have to do something. And I can still remember when I had the church in Knoxville back in the dark ages that I was talking to somebody one time and they, they weren't coming to church very, you know, very often or at all. And they said, well, as soon as I can get things straightened out, then I'm going to come back. <laughs> well, that means I got to do this before I can acceptable enough to come into God's presence. But the flip side of that, we know, is that it happens because of Christ. Not because of what we can accomplish, but because of what Christ accomplished. And that's, that's faith. That's gospel. And that's what makes it happen. And that struggle is always there for us. That's what Paul was talking about in, uh, in the, the first lesson, or the lesson from Galatians today. I'm just going to read a little piece of it. It says, We know that a person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Christ Jesus. So we too have put our faith in Christ Jesus that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law, no one will be justified. Because after he had established that congregation in Galatia and preached the gospel to them and talked about salvation by faith through Christ, then there were other people that came in with that other thing and says, yeah, but wait a minute, we've got to do something. We've got to do this. We got to still follow those old laws uh, and then have faith in Christ. It's interesting in that section, that just short little paragraph, Paul says, faith in Christ three times to make the point. It's about what Christ has accomplished. So that struggle was there, and it's an age old struggle, and we still deal with it. We still feel like there's things I need to do. Even as congregations, we feel like there are things we need to do to make things happen instead of letting God do it. But what does that look like in life, that whole concept of works and faith and stuff? What does it look like? Well, we have a really good example in David. Okay? You know, you know the story of David. He started a humble beginning, started out as a shepherd boy, and then God chose him, had Samuel anoint him, chose him to be king. Uh, David trusted in God when he faced Goliath. He just relied completely on God in that one. And then became the first great, powerful king in Israel. The most powerful king in the world at that time. But then he let it go to his head. And so then he did some pretty horrible things. He committed adultery, and then because of the results of that, he committed murder. 
and, you know, messed up. And when he was confronted, he had a choice. Choice between what do I do about this or should I let God do this? And then here's what he says. Out of the depths I cry to you, Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let your ears be attentive to my cry for mercy. I wait for the Lord. My whole being waits. He threw himself on God's mercy. He just threw himself down and said, God, I can't do this. And why did he do that? Because of his faith. He said, Lord, if you kept a record of sins, who'd be able to stand? But with you, there is forgiveness so that we can serve you. With the Lord is unfailing love, and with him is full redemption. So he threw himself on God's mercy, and he trusted completely that God would forgive him. He had faith. But then, who knows if it's real? I mean, do we know if God ever actually spoke to him and said your sins are forgiven, or did he just believe that they were? Where was the real evidence? Well, our other lesson today gives us a, a, a real concrete example of how God responds to that. It's the story of Jesus and the sinful woman. So I want to look at that for just a second. Look first at the woman. The woman, she knew what she was. Whatever it was, she knew what she was. Okay? She knew she was a sinful person, and she was beat down by that. So she had a choice, too. And her choice was to come where Jesus was, to come into a very unfriendly environment in a Pharisee's house, and to come and stand behind Jesus at his feet, to throw herself at his feet, and crying so much that she was able to wet his feet and wash his feet because of the guilt and the sorrow and what was eating her up inside. And then dry his feet with her hair and then put this very expensive perfume, perfumed ointment on his feet. She did what David did. Just pure and simple. I can't do this. I need you to do this. And then we have the Pharisee. The Pharisee, remember David said, Oh Lord, if you kept track of our sins, who'd be able to stand? Well, the Pharisee is one of those guys that keeps track of the sins. Okay? Because it was all about keeping the law. And it was all about what was right and wrong. And so there he was saying, you know, saying, you know, Jesus, if you knew who she was, you wouldn't even let her touch you. She's a sinful person. And the woman took a real risk coming to that house of unceremoniously just being tossed out. But she needed Jesus. And then you had Jesus. Some of you, you might remember last week I mentioned the, the verse where the writer to the Hebrews says that Jesus is the exact representation of the Father. 
So if you want to know how God responds to what David did, you look at how Jesus responded to this woman. And how did he respond? With that unfailing, steadfast love that David talked about, with full redemption, with, with abundant forgiveness. When she threw herself at Jesus' feet, that's how he responded. And then he told her, it's your faith that saved you. It's your faith in the promise and love and forgiveness of God that saved you. So, what about you and me? Well, we're guilty. All of us. When we compare ourselves to God's standard, we're guilty. But how much do we feel that? And how much sorrow and grief is in us? And when we allow, allow ourselves to think about it and allow ourselves to really realize how far we are from what God wants us to be. How do we respond? We have a choice. We can do more. We can work harder. We can get involved more to try and offset it. Or we can simply throw ourselves on God's mercy. Like David did. Like the woman did. We know that if we throw ourselves on God's mercy, how he's going to respond. Because we saw what Jesus did. If we try to make it up ourselves, then, then God will measure us against the standard. But if we throw ourselves on his mercy, he'll measure us against Christ's standard of love for us. Here's... This is something that you should remember. However great the sin, grace is greater. No matter. However great your sin, grace is greater. No question. Grace and mercy and love that's there for you. Now, the end of that gospel lesson, I thought, was a curious little parenthetical thing that Luke throws in here after this story with the woman. And I'm going to read that again. After this, Jesus traveled about from one town and village to another. He hit the road, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom of God. The twelve were with him. Well, we're kind of used to that. It was Jesus and his disciples always. But also some women who had been cured of evil spirits and diseases. Mary Magdalene, from whom seven demons had come out. Joanna, the wife of Cusa, the manager of Herod's household. Susanna, and many others, maybe even the one that was at the Pharisee's house, joined the crowd. These women were helping to support them out of their own means. These people that had been touched by God in that special way, who, who had been healed, whether it's demons, diseases, uh, forgiveness of sins, that had experienced Christ's love and power, were walking with him. 
They went on the road with him. They were walking with Jesus. What a great picture that is of how God responds to people coming to him and crying for mercy. That he walks with them and they walk with him and they want to be together and they want to spend that time together. And on the road, towns, villages, wherever they go, it's about walking with Christ in everything. And that's what it is for us too. No matter where we are, what we're doing, where we're at in our lives, it's about trusting in God's grace and mercy and love and walking with Christ.